Bonjour and bienvenue to Lulabelle's Francophiles. Je m'appelle Lou and I'm presenting this podcast as a way to keep your inner Frenchy vibes happening when not in France. In each episode, we chat about our French experiences with guests who live both in Australia and France and share ideas for how to stay connected to the Francophile within you. Subscribe on one of the podcast platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts or Stitcher and you'll be notified as soon as new episodes are available or follow Lulabelle's Francophiles on Insta and view all the pics as you listen. Just head to the com website and you'll find a lovely way to stay connected to one of our fave destinations, France. I'd like to say merci to all the Trebo Francophilers out there who have given such wonderful feedback about the podcast so far. Merci beaucoup. It's quite amazing to think that this little podcast is now being heard in countries across the world with Francophilers from as far away as Russia, Switzerland, Canada, the US, the UK, Germany, Japan, and of course, Australia and France. It really does feel like the world is not such a big place when we're all connected like this. So bienvenue wherever you're listening from today. Today's guest has a fascinating story to tell of her relationship with France. Ruby Bookaboo is a dancer, a writer, an entertainer and a wonderfully creative soul who is here to spend some time with us today. Bienvenue de Lulabelle's Francophiles, Ruby. Ça va? Merci, ça va. Et toi? Now, just as I was saying, the world doesn't feel like such a big place sometimes and you currently live between Sydney and Paris. So how does that feel for you? Where did your lovely French life start? I always had French influences because my father used to live in Paris and he's from Algeria and so it used to be France. Uh, so his influences in the French music we used to play at home, I'd always heard French friends speaking, so the language felt familiar, the culture felt familiar. And then I went, I studied it my first year in Armadale, then I transferred to Monash and before I didn't know anyone when I first moved down. And I used to go to the library and read Proust and, <laughs> and <laughs> until I discovered the, the theatre troupe. And then I went on to, to theatre stuff that I used to bury myself into French literature and just had an affinity with it. And then went overseas when I was 25 to, to Paris, I decided I wanted to be in Paris on my 25th birthday. Ended oh, up who wouldn't? going around Europe, moved to Geneva for eight months. Oh, uh, wonderful. Where they speak slowly, so it's good to actually just start speaking because <laughs> they have time to repeat things three times. Came back and then eventually moved to Paris to do a master's in theatre and stayed there, went kind of back and forth and then more, more forth than back. Yes. Well, how do you manage to live life across two continents on opposite sides of the world now? Now this year, well, I'm in Australia, but now before this year, I just avoid winter. It's quite handy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so my routines normally, I leave Paris, normally leave around December. I start to panic. I just think, oh, the cold is coming. <laughs> and um, I and- normally come back for Christmas or in January and then I do shows or spend summer here. And then about April, I think, I think it's getting warm over there. Yeah. Time um, to go back. And then the routine is I go back to Paris for a few days or a week and then go to Cannes Film Festival. 
oh, which is in May and it's, the sun's coming out and you go to the beach and there's films. And then I spend summer in France and North Africa. Yeah, so that's the routine. This year, you know, chilling out in Australia, doing other projects. It's and then hopefully I'll be back there in March to launch the book that we're going to talk about later. Sure. So we met through our mutual friend, Wendy Lee Taylor, with her COVID Global Tapping Project. Tell me a little bit about your journey with dance. I'm not one of these people that started tapping when they were two. I did ballet and jazz and then I did music. So I played the piano from when I was five years old and then I played clarinet and saxophone and I didn't go back to tap. I've done a couple of classes and then I went back at university and got completely obsessed, Mm. completely obsessed. And then I discovered that um, if I wanted to do shows, Cabaret was the place that there was an opportunity to tap. So I started tapping at the Spiegel tent. My little act was I would tap on the bar at the Spiegel tent in Melbourne. wonderful. I know it's a pretty good job. Yes. <laughs> jump, I'd have a two-minute tap and then jump off into the crowd and everyone would go, woo, and I'd get paid and I'd have oh, a really of good fun. time. So, so are you tapping in Paris and in France as well as in Australia? A lot, yeah. When I first moved to Paris, I started tapping in a cabaret. So we are doing lots of shows and they were wild. That was in Belleville and Melimonton. And the crowds were wild. They were, <laughs> it was just like a really amazing scene. And we were doing shows all over Paris. So I was tapping, but it was in a cabaret kind of setup. Then I started in 2011, uh, I started the Paris Tap Crew. So the Paris Tap Crew was nights where we could bring other tap dancers together and get A-list musicians, many of them Australian, to play for us. And we'd tap so people can come and watch it or not. So you can come as a tap dancer and tap. You can come as an audience member and watch tappers jamming. Sometimes it would be a concert and sometimes it would be a jam. So that's wow. been happening for ages. So you can yeah. join in or just come as an observer. Yeah, and it's really different levels. I think I'd been in London for a bit and they were doing the London tap jam. And so we started doing it a bit like them with, where we'd pull two names out of the hat and would say, Mbongo has to dance with Nico. Yeah. <laughs> and, and now this person danced with this person. So it started like that and it was all levels. So people who'd only done a little bit of tap could come and just tapping the big circle part and might be too shy to do it by themselves or it was like professionals would come. It sounds like a really wonderful time. You clearly are a terrifically creative soul with a book published this year and another one coming out next year. So tell us about your first book, The Art Lover's Guide to Paris. Yes, The Art Lover's Guide to Paris was a commission from White Owl, which is a publisher in the UK. I wanted to make it really accessible because I find often uh, people are intimidated by art and especially Mm. art in Paris. And so I wanted to write a book that everyone could access and encourage people to go into galleries, to talk to people, to meet artists, to give them lots of different ways in which they could access art, how to buy art. And and that was really fun to do and I literally just kind of got there with my camera and I remember the first time I got there to research it I called my friend I said oh there's a gallery opening around the corner from your house let's go and we got there and we walked downstairs and there was two t-shirts and some men's underwear on the ground and that was their exhibition and I looked (laughs) (laughs) I looked at her and I said I'm really sorry I'll 
let me buy you dinner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it sounds like it's a bit hit and miss sometimes, but... But even if you go to something like that, you might end up talking to someone and having a laugh and having a discussion of what is art, you know, so there's something in everything. Exactly. Well, it sounds like the book actually found the best parts of the Paris art scene rather than that. Your next book, The Architecture's Lover's Guide to Paris, is coming out next year, and it's something I'm very much looking forward to. As I often feel that the buildings are the artwork rather than the sculptures and the paintings inside. How did you go about researching for that? Because every corner in Paris is a feast for the eyes, as far as I can tell. Yeah, it was the same publisher, another commission from Whitehall, which is nice, which means that they're happy with the first book. (laughs) And so I just went, walked around Paris for a few weeks to try to work out what my approach would be. I'm like, I'm not an architect and there's so much written about it already and there's so many buildings, so much history. Why should I write this book? And I really want to find a good, solid reason before I accept it. And after walking around, I think I went for a jog and I went up to the the Temple of Sibyl, which is on top of Butchemont, which Mm -hmm. is a kind of a rotunda and a lookout um, named after a priestess of Apollo. And I always go there after jogging or after walking through the Bouchemont and look over Paris and it's just a really beautiful spot. You have time out, you feel kind of zen, you're connected to the gods, you can have you listen to your inner oracle and all that. And I thought, that's it. What I like about architecture in Paris, I need to have something to do with it. Like it's all very well walking around, looking at beautiful buildings. What I'd like to do is be involved. So, okay, that building's great, but can I climb up it? And how do you connect? That's beautiful, but you know, is there a secret bar at the top that we can go to and enjoy? Or how do, can I be involved in this building? Mm. So I tried to make it how to appreciate and understand the history of, of Paris architecture while being somehow involved. And that included putting uh, six walking tours in it, which are really fun. And I do a lot of walking tours. Each one has a theme. So one of them starts at the Roman arena and then it finishes at the Roman baths. But you go past the beginning of Paris, the Mont Saint-Genevieve, and each one you're discovering different parts of Paris through history. Oh, I love that. So that's a really nice way to Mm. access it. I love a walking tour. That sounds amazing. Mm. I'm going to have to meet you in Paris for a walking tour someday. Yeah, there's six of them. You can follow them along with the little map, but also you can jump on Google Earth and follow them along if you can't actually make it to Paris. I've added lots of links to and about 200 photos, about half of them are mine, half of them sourced. And so people should be able to enjoy the book and enjoy the architecture and the history of it also. So you tell your story in some inspiring ways and I've seen that also watching your ruby tv i just loved it so can you tell the francophiles a bit about ruby tv well uh i was doing lots of different journalism for lots of different people just freelancing uh, both doing on-camera stuff and written and then i've got a friend in dubai who who runs ruby tv um Dave Fuller and he said when are you opening Ruby TV he used to say Mm. and then before I knew it he kind of whipped me up this little website and and I was doing interviews and it was just an umbrella to do what I was already doing so it started off mainly being covering Australian creatives overseas and then it just kind of became an umbrella for 
other stories. So sometimes I was doing film festivals for ABC, but then I would do the ABC and SBS stuff for Khan. So it just uh, became more arts and travel and cool things that I think that people could be inspired by. The idea is to inspire people through travel and culture and sometimes even recipes. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, that was something I was going to ask you about. What, what's your favourite your favorite oh. French dish that you would order the minute you get back to Paris? Not a dish, but there's nothing quite like a good cheese platter (laughs) (laughs) like a really good or just not even a platter just like a big chunk of really good Pyrenees cheese (laughs) oh yes I'm completely with you there so what's coming up next in the world of Ruby well I've just opened my little tap shack which is um, because I can't do shows at the moment. Well, I actually have a show in January with Courtney Severini called La Chanteuse et Le Le Claquetiste. So we're doing a French-themed show in Sydney at Claire's Kitchen, and that's on the 13th. I'll send you the link that you can share. Brilliant. So I'm doing a few little clips. I did a little one uh, at home with Le Shuffle Project. There's four of us tapping in different parts of the world. I'm doing another clip that I'm organising in Paris at the moment and otherwise, I've, I've been teaching tap and really enjoying it. <laughs> it's a good time to be teaching online. Yeah, so I've been teaching. I started just teaching some locals and then I've had a friend that said, oh, you know, I really like to tap. And so I started teaching her. She's in France. So I'm doing some privates with people and I thought it would be difficult, but it's actually fine. So I've been doing private classes and I've just set up a virtual stage workshop. So there are five classes and it's for absolute beginners. And it's the idea is just to get moving, have fun, uh, learn the basics, and then we do a little fun routine and you don't need tap shoes. And that's I'm really looking forward. I start it next Monday, but I'll have several going on at the same time. And they're small groups. Oh, awesome. Uh, I'm doing one in French <laughs> and one in English. Oh, fantastic. So have you got the links for that that then Francophiles might be able to enroll with you? Yes. So, you know, Francophiles can do the French one if they want to do the French one. Yes, great idea. Absolutely. So that's a lot of fun. So I'm really excited about that. Um, And I just didn't – I forgot how fun – I've taught before. Like I taught when I was in Egypt and I taught workshops in Geneva and in France, but I forgot how fun it is. And it's – and just sharing your love of tap and having people who've never tapped before suddenly – I had this 63-year-old woman the other day and we're tapping around – in a thunderstorm to Black Magic Woman. It was really, really fun. (laughs) Something you probably never expected you'd be doing. No. Tap, as you know, is like meditation also. So you kind of forget about everything else in the world. Yes. It's a really good thing to do to, you know, help you focus, to make you relax, to to work on your listening skills, your musicality, that like it gives you so much. And it's really nice to see people access that they have never thought that they would be doing tap always wanted to but wouldn't and it's a really nice thing to share and I'm really enjoying it so they're ongoing that's wonderful yeah (laughs) now as you know Ruby we always share some French music on Little Bell's Francophiles and today's offering has a little twist from what we usually do as it's a jazz piece with tapping from you it's from Le Shuffle Project that you were involved with was it in Paris? This recording we did at the basement studio and hopefully next year I can organise some more concerts with Le Shuffle Project when I get back. That sounds like just what everybody's going to need after this period that we're all living through. Well, merci for sharing it with us and merci aussi for your time today, Ruby Bookaboo. Diane.
And here's Ruby's tapping in Le Shuffle Project. Ruby Bookaboo with Le Shuffle Project. 
an instrumental compilation Ruby made in Paris with her accompanying the musicians with her tapping. Ruby currently is doing both group and private tap classes online with special COVID prices at the moment in 2020. So for any Francophiles who haven't tapped before, it might be the right time to give it a go. She caters for all levels, right from absolute beginners with tap shoes, not even a requirement to start. So I'll place Ruby's details on the LulabellsFrancophiles.com website and a link to another more visual a cappella tap dance is also on the site. It's a terrific piece with a trio dancing in the middle of a road in the centre of Paris. It's a gorgeous view with the Eiffel Tower sometimes in the background and some brilliant tap dancing as well. Interested Francophilers will also find the links to Ruby's books with the walking tours that Ruby talked about. There's one tour which takes a walk through Montmartre to the places where art found its feet in Paris It sounds like a wonderful thing to plan for when we get the chance to travel again or to follow on Google Earth right now at home. Now, each episode of Lutherbell's Francophiles, we chat about a French recipe. I find my interaction with food in France adds so much to the overall experience. And when I recreate it at home in Australia, it brings back such beautiful memories of times I've spent over there. I asked Ruby what her favourite French dish is and she's a girl after my own heart when she said she loves a French fromage. There's nothing better than a cheese board with some gooey or even the hard fromage francais. A favourite French cheese dish of mine is a truffade. It's like a thick potato and cheese pancake and it's a traditional specialty of the Auvergne region but now can be found served at restaurants across France. The cheeses used are mild such as a gruyere and it's often served as the side dish to a confit de canard or other meat dishes. I found some very positive reviews for a particular restaurant in Paris called Le Plomme du Cantal, where Truffade is a specialty. So I'll be placing this on my list of dinner spots for my next visit to the French capital in the future. I'll place the links to the restaurant and Truffade recipe on the LulabellesFrancophiles.com website. Et c'est tout. Et la fini aujourd'hui. That is all for another episode of Lulabelle's Francophiles. I hope you've enjoyed listening and daydreaming for 20 minutes or so of France. As always, I love your Frenchy ideas that you would like to hear about. Francophiles can leave feedback on the lulabellesfrancophiles.com website and then together we can take this journey to share some of your story as well as my own. Follow on Instagram too for the daily posts that accompany each episode. We can become immersed in a variety of experiences de Francais together and keep our Frenchy vibes happening. Au revoir for now.